the Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. The storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now. It's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but... Ultimately, it's the biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we're What's going on, y'all? We're here. Another week. This is, uh, what, May 24th? Um, bringing you uh, this week's episode of the Big O Belt Podcast. Uh, you know me. It's Two James. I'm here with Jamal. What's up, my dude? Hey, what's going on, man? Nothing much, nothing much. Uh, it's been a while since we had a little episode going on. I mean, we have so many other things going and m- more stuff to come for sure within the next couple of weeks. But um, um, definitely some things we got to talk about this week. Um, we're going to have some other people jump jump on a little bit later. So, uh, you know, don't be alarmed when you hear new voices. So I'll make sure I get, get them introduced. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, bunch of wrestling news or you know news and topics and things just to kind of stir up to get some ideas out there so uh you know you ready to go uh we haven't started yet (laughs) cool 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 all right so first thing that uh i wanted to talk about tonight was um wwe um basically um it's been rumored a little bit and i i guess it's kind of confirmed sort of now um from uh the international standpoint but uh we did hear about about a month ago that or uh, excuse me about maybe two months ago that they were they had interest in reconstruction uh the pay-per-view format obviously now all pay-per-views are dual brand i was seeing that with backlash and i'm not sure if it was accepted good i mean I never thought Backlash was a serious pay-per-view as it is now. As we remember last year, half the people walked out of it anyway to to go get tickets for something else. Um, or for the Royal Rumble at that. Uh, they kind of walked out what the Punjabi prison match. What was it? No, it was just Jinder Mahal's match or whatever it was. But in, any anywho, um, so fast forward to the year, they um start making uh pay-per-views. They announced that pay-per-views going to be dual dual branded. Um, show so Raw and SmackDown competitors both would compete on a pay per view. First being Backlash, and that's just going to be Money in the Bank, which we kind of thought is that should already been a dual brand show. But come now, this week, basically, um, reports have came out saying that um, international broadcasters was told that um, the shows would now start at 7 p.m. and would last for four hours, um, as well as an hour long kickoff show. Um and and that is apparently going to start doing money in the bank, and uh, it also states that big shows such as uh, SummerSlam would last longer than four hours. So, um, with that news being broke, I mean, I'm not sure what their target here. I mean, I, I I mean, I know ratings is always the thing, but like, are fans ready to now have to even even some of these kind of throwaway pay per views or feelings now? ultimately being five hours worth of shows like what's your what's your thoughts well i mean full disclosure i I really haven't watched wrestling in a few months um i definitely haven't watched wwe in more than a few months but even the indie stuff i haven't watched wrestling in a few months and the reason why is 
it's honestly too much of a good thing. It's the the product, depending on what you like and your taste and, and all that stuff, uh, is exactly what it is and it hasn't changed. It's just that there's so much of it that even if it's good, it's just average. The scale gets pulled down, pushed down further. So WWE specifically has a problem with these so-called dream matches. They, you know, and they give it you this dream match that you want to see and you think you should see. And Michael Cole is telling you that you should see it. And now we have Styles versus Nakamura for the fourth straight month in a row, or uh, you know, or ending their pay per view, uh, or we have. Uh, Lesnar versus, you know, Roman Reigns for like the seventh time in a row. And they did it before with Cena versus Randy Orton 15 times, you know, straight and a bunch of other things like that. But it's just too much of a good thing. But the problem is with WWE is that their resources are very finite. So you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Are we ready for five hour long shows and, you know, more wrestling for less money? Uh, because they're not raising ticket prices to go see it, and they're giving you more wrestling. What more could you want, except for the fact that I don't really want to sit through a five-hour-long show. <laughs> so it's just too much of a good thing is what it, what it really comes down to. And WWE's product, in, in my opinion, is really tiresome to watch because of um, just the, where the position that they're in right now. They're not Nothing's really happening until Money in the Bank, and then nothing's going to happen again until SummerSlam. I mean, uh, I think I think my initial thought is, first of all, um, the pre-show, I used to think that was a thing to watch, but um, I could really care less. I really do like Renee Young. I enjoy her analysis on things and just her aspect on it. Um, Booker T, I can go without. So um, I can shave that hour easily. And whatever matches on that pre-show match typically isn't good anyway. Because it's kind of predictable, not only because of um, typically nothing big happens, but because it's t- it's also limited by time that you are aware of. So it it, it kind of put like a stagnant on it uh, upon watching it. But four hours, I mean, I I guess because it's dual brand, I guess this is their appropriate way of accommodating. Um, all title matches and uh, whatever major storyline each brand is uh, is currently hosting, but again, it's still four hours having to you know to sit on it now. Three hard. It's still a Sunday night. Um, it still runs a little bit longer. So although we're saying four hours, we're, we're probably going to get four and a half hours, considering that um, it typically does not end directly at eleven um, Eastern Standard Time. That is. Um, plus the pre-show. Nonetheless, I mean, this is all brewing up for one big thing, and that's for WrestleMania to be a whole day. It's gonna be a twelve-hour show, and uh, and and that's just what it's gonna be. But um, I, I just don't, I just don't see how they uh, measure success with this by adding it for for maintaining it to be longer. I mean, it's already hard enough for viewers, um, people that's gonna be in the show, oh, at the shows. I mean. That's still typically hard for kids. Um, I just don't know. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, two questions. How do you think WWE currently measures success? Um, is it because Vince McMahon has said he doesn't care about ratings because people don't watch TV in that way anymore? 
Yeah. Uh, and they love to tout their social media impressions and how much that they made an impression on the internet and more than ESPN and Fox and the NFL combined. But ticket sales are what they are, and they haven't been, you know, to a point where they're bragging about that. And they're trying to grasp and do these things that are kind of out there, like their greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia and going over there to, um, you know, uh, a, a potential raw and or uh, whatever live from New Zealand. But how do you think they measure success? Because on one hand, you're getting more wrestling for free. On the other hand, we, we were not taking it for free. And also, conversely, <laughs> nobody's so complaining about New Japan's four and a half hour long shows. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and New Japan comes on at two thirty in the morning. So if you're up to watch New Japan, you are down. That is going to happen no matter how long it lasts. It's not just Wrestle Kingdom, Dominion, Best of the Super Juniors, whatever it is. No shows are three hours plus at starting at three in the morning. And people can't find the time to watch Raw at eight o'clock on a Monday night and openly complain that that show is definitely too long. So is it the wrestling? Is it the company? Is it the fans? I mean, I, I mean, it, it, you pose a great question. I, I really don't know how you actually measure success success here, but um, I mean, the stock is up, so that that has to count for something. But also, too, the stock is uh, up because of the Fox deal. Oh, oh yeah, but I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, but if money's coming in, then who cares at this point about you know? Isn't anything. that part of the problem? Money's coming in, so who cares? It's not enhancing the product because the Fox deal isn't until October of twenty nineteen, I think. So the stock is definitely taking like an eight percent bump, but my point is, is like, yeah, I mean that you could easily say that they're successful because of that, but to to me we personally, we don't want the product for free. Is the problem? No, you're right. You're right. Um, I, I, I think for me personally, I think I should start there. For me personally, it has to, it has to be quality, um, quality pacing for the four hours. Um, that typically has always been my struggle with staying with pay-per-views where there's like um, filler matches or segments or just stuff that just it just felt like it 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 either messed up momentum or tempo or just was unnecessary uh, for it to have been there. There's been there's definitely been on almost every pay-per-view a match where you just like, I don't even know why that's on here. Um, right. um, also, too, I think also for me, at least as a child. It was always about the championship match, and that 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 their more most prestigious belt is never defended last. So about time, which could be the most intriguing uh, match of the car, is end up in the middle of the car. By the time the end of the show, you're just like, "Am I really going to stay up for Brock versus Roman Reigns, part 20? Well, they have four main events now, and all of them matter. Now, let me let me ask both of you this, and and Will Mahoney is joining us from the Snack Society. How you doing, Will? How's it going, guys? Happy to be here again tonight for some big gold belt. That's right. So let me let me expose to you this. When was the last time you were honestly surprised by WWE? Jenner Mahal. And that was Any, a year ago. Yeah. I, I want to say anything with Jenner Mahal is always a surprise to me. So Jenner <laughs> really belt at Backlash this week last year. Um, I would probably say, yeah, about the same thing. About the same time, but and, and well, what was the last time that you were actually surprised by WWE? 
good call from both of you on gender. That's def- That was the most out of left field thing they did in a long time. Now, not necessarily for the better, but it was definitely a complete, you know, out of nowhere. What the heck is this? Why are they putting the world title on Jinder Mahal? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything since then. Nothing's immediately jumping out at me that I can think of. Especially if we're not counting NXT. If we're talking the main no, roster. No, just, just the main roster. Yeah. When was the last time that you were actually surprised by an event on the main roster? And when you say surprised, you mean outcome or quality? Well, no, I mean, like, period. I mean, whatever it is. I mean, whether yeah. it's, a, you know, just a genuine, like, open, like, oh, shit, they did that. Yeah. Or that happened. Or it's just a genuine pop from the crowd. And you know what that moment is, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever I, that I, be. I, I know people listening are going to say something in regard to WrestleMania, maybe Ronda Rousey uh, actually putting up a good match. But at the same time, that that was kind of. She, like I like like I said before, she's a star and she was able to captivate the moment in which she did. So that wasn't a surprise to me. Generally, Jinder Mahal winning was like at, at first there was a no way that guy. <laughs> no way with the speculation floating around him and all that. There's no way. And he won, <laughs> kept it for a long time. He's still considered one of the top heels right now. He's he's definitely above Kevin Owens, not as far as you know, quality wise, but he's definitely di- one of their main focus is being a heel. I mean, he's going against the big dog right now. So, you know, they're very much invested in that. And that still ultimately is a surprise to me that that's <laughs> happening. Honestly, speaking of the big dog and speaking of WrestleMania, that just made me think of the end of WrestleMania. I never <laughs> expected darn Brock Lesnar to be going over at the end of WrestleMania. So, I mean, the finish, I mean, not like the match was anything spectacular or anything to write home about, but the end of WrestleMania yeah did genuinely surprise me and that I never expected that to be the result. Yeah. Okay. So, so two shames you say last year, uh, you know, will you say uh, a few months ago. And I think that that's part of the problem is that with WWE, uh, you know, because we're so connected to the business for the better or worse, it is what it is. And because we're so connected, I think it, it that veil, that fourth wall, we're constantly chipping away at it. Uh, for a number of different reasons, and it doesn't allow us to be surprised anymore, for better or worse. With that said, because we kind of have one foot in the door, listening in, and not allowed to be surprised, it definitely affects the way we watch wrestling now. And I think that if you're, because they're not doing what we want them to at the moment that we want them to do it, the process is, is lame. It's watered down. It's it's everything that it, you know that we don't want it to be. And then now it's like. You're going to give us an extra two and a half hours of it. Yeah, you look, well, we we didn't get a chance to talk about this maybe a week ago, but I feel like you're speaking towards Christopher Daniels tweet um, about uh, fans kind of like want to be so invested in what happens and so on that the fact that we forget that we're fans at times and just being able to enjoy it. Enjoy it. I thought that was I thought that was um, Frankie that said that. But, oh, well, but it, it was one of them. So one of them. But uh, SCU. But uh, I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> either either way, uh, I think that that is true. But that's also the byproduct of your own success. If we yeah. didn't give a shit, then why why are we even talking about this right now? Yeah. But because we are invested, here we are on a Thursday night talking about why we care about wrestling. Yeah. So. <laughs> But there is a balance, and that's what WWE hasn't 
seem to do as media has changed. WWE has certainly changed with it in some ways and not in other ways. And honestly, you have to work the crowd through social media. You yeah. have to invest storylines on Instagram. And I'm not saying like tout or any bullshit like that, but I'm <laughs> saying like, you know, injury angles or whatever the case is, you have to integrate social media through that, especially when they suggest that they are the most socially conscious uh, um, you know, company in the West. Mm. Well, how come we're reading, you know, the dirt sheets and they're, you know, 50-50, but the fact is, is that that's a thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, why aren't they working Instagram for angles and stuff like that? I mean, they, they made they made a ton of money off the Facebook Live Mismax challenge. So, I mean, I mean, uh, if you're talking about measure of success within social media, that, I mean, that has to speak volumes, too. Um, It was profitable. Uh, the engagement was high. Uh, Facebook cut the check. So that's, you know. Um, and, and, and to have that partnership as well is, is already a, a big thing. Right. But I mean, I mean, nonetheless, my, my thing is just just speaking as a fan or and as a, a, a fan for a while is that um, extending the four hours um, doesn't excite me. Um, it just lets me know that I need to be a little bit more prepared stamina wise to sit in the <laughs> chair in order to watch um, uh, to get through a whole pay-per-view. Um and and my hopes or expectations for this is if they're going to do this, if they're going to be co-branded, I mean, you're basically, I mean, you, when we watch the big four, that's part of the excitement to me is that, you know, it's a big time pay-per-view that all the biggest matches are going to happen. Um, the best of both brands are going to happen. There may be some inter-brand matches or whatever it may be. But now it seems like now this is the potential for any pay-per-view. So they're like many of many pay-per-views of the big four. So are we going to be getting the same quality? If if not, then why are you extending the time? You already make exceptions for the big four. So why do you feel like you need to add more time to some of these smaller pay-per-views if you're not going to produce the same amount of quali quality? So four hours for me to get, you know, three Bludgeon Brother matches, all style of Bludgeon <laughs> Brother matches the whole time? I'm not invested in that. Well, I think part of the problem is WWE continues to force the issue in that they tell you that something's important. They make it important, and it's not important because, Dad, you already told me that it's important, and I don't believe you. <laughs> so I think that that's, that's part of the problem, um, especially as they bring in new talent and bring people up from NXT and, and all of those things. And unfortunately, the SmackDown and Raw co-branded pay-per-views aren't a monthly meshing of the rosters where anything can happen. It's separate but equal. And the Supreme Court said that that doesn't actually exist. So what do we do? If you favor the Raw guys, you're probably just going to care about the Raw half of the matches. If you favor the SmackDown guys, you're probably just going to care about that. If you're just in it for the long haul, then, hey, you got four hours to kill. But I think that's the wrong way to sell a product as one half and, and or the other half and not one whole. And because of the superstar shakeup and the split rosters, they're not selling a whole pay-per-view. They're selling bits and pieces of everything. Will, you got any thoughts on the new format? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally get what you guys are saying with, I mean, the extended amount of time that they're throwing out there. I think part of this, though, it plays into what, it, as we get into talking about the Fox deal, I think what it really boils down to is that 
the I think we are very much in the midst of seeing the business model they operate under going through a drastic change because they're not so much in the business anymore of having to sell pay-per-views or even sell the network. They are very much in the next year or so, in the past year or so, and now it's really happening, is um, they're becoming just content creators and just okay. filling time for networks. And whether it's been Facebook or USA or now Fox, people are just coming to them and giving them huge amounts of money and they just want content. And so it's not a matter of selling it to the fans anymore. They're selling it to networks. And as long as the networks are cutting these huge checks, they're kind of like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll take the money. Yeah. I can't really blame them in that respect with the money that's being tossed around, which we'll get to in a bit. But yeah, yeah. and I, and I kind of think what their idea is going to become, I've heard it said once or twice already, because UFC had the same problem, you know, in recent mm -hmm. years, with just putting on two people saying they're putting on too many shows. You can't keep track of it all. Who's got the time? Who can mm -hmm. keep up with it? And mm -hmm. they kind of start throwing out the, the very notion that just like, we're not expecting you to keep up with all of it. That's yeah. not the idea. On Sunday, people don't sit down and watch every football game. They might see bits and pieces, but they're not watching every darn game that happens all, every darn Sunday. And I think that's kind of what they're headed towards, where it's not a matter of you got to watch all of it. It's there's going to be a lot of filler in there and we're filling time and you you gravitate to the parts that matter the most to you. Just just on a football note, now that you bring that up, um, that's a good point. Because as much as I love football, um, you can't watch it all. But then right. they came out with Red Zone, and I'm mm -hmm. addicted to it. Right, because, yeah. Because um, the fantasy football implications with it. But nonetheless, it's exciting. You do get some of the best moments within the game played to you instantly back with within you know either real time or within the minute of it um because obviously the nfl does need ratings to continue to uh grow and um to uh, make money as jamal said earlier if that seems that doesn't seem to be vince mcmahon's uh um target is ratings but do you think that to to do you, do you think that um you, you don't think there's an idea of something to 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 come up or try to create something exciting to the fact to want to keep people glued to it? Or as you well, said, gonna, it's strictly content. They, well, they're going to have to with the money that's involved now. They're going to have to. They they got to They got to strike a balance now of making stuff that's compelling. That's going to drive an audience to it and pop a rating. And, you know, otherwise they're not going to keep Fox. That's, you know, they're going to be off there. They're, yeah. they're, but I think that what I think is going to happen in the next year when this whole sea change happens with them moving to network TV is the pay-per-views and the network are going to become secondary. It's all going to be about USA and Fox, I think, because it's the money involved. It, it has to be. Okay. That's got to become the focus of everything. They're number one. The, the number one most important thing for them is going to be that Fox rating every Friday. Well, what, 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 what now that we're... I disagree. Go ahead. Or... Oh, yeah, I, I disagree uh, because I think it all matters. Uh, as you said with uh, NFL Red Zone, Red Zone isn't for the local hometown diehard fan of his team. Right. Uh, Red Zone is for the casual fan. It really doesn't give a shit about football, but hey, exciting things are happening every 90 seconds, so that's what we're going to see. 
Sort of, um, sort of. I had, you had me at the first point. It is not for your casual diehard. You want to watch your team play. When my team plays, I'm not watching right. Red Zone. But I'm still a fan of particular players in their, in but, their, in their, in their particular moments. You know what I mean? Well, true. But you also have, are a different, like, more hybrid fan that has fantasy football implications that spread yourself throughout the league. Yeah, uh, when, you watch, I, um, when you watch your Charlotte Bobcats play, uh, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> And that's what it's going to be. Now, if you had other interests in other parts of the league, then obviously you can't be two places at once, even if you try. Yeah. WWE is different because they honestly got, they only have two shows a week, Raw and SmackDown. And if you're lucky, one one of those four weeks of the month, they'll give you a third show on the network. Okay. So it's not like we're talking about, you know, eight games on Sunday. And a game on Thursday, and an mm. occasional game on Saturday night, and don't forget about the three games on Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, we're only talking about two shows a week, and we're still saying that that's too much. Yeah, so and that's got to be the product. And that's it, it, right. You're right, and I, I mean that's my argument. Literally, is how do you make it so that people are totally invested in the two shows? Red Zone helps for people who can't sit through a whole football game. Vince McMahon has came out to say that XFL will do the, the complete opposite <laughs> and, make, and make XFL faster, more high-paced, and safer for the fans who had those problems with getting getting through games or the, the, the scare of injuries and so on. So in, in this idea, he said, I see a problem with this. How do we make it better? Now I'm wondering now, you know, how do they look at their two main shows and say – there's a problem. Ratings are down. Like raw ratings was the worst of the year last week, and SmackDown hasn't gotten much better at all itself. Um, the deal, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I mean, I'm just wondering where do they get back at this to say how do we progressively keep people in seats to watch it? And I think extending a four-hour pay-per-view doesn't quite help that. But again, you know, to Will's point, which I do agree, if it's just considered content because it's on a network. And the network isn't it, the the money's already being made there, so it's no reason like a, a, as a lore because this pay per view may be good. We're gonna we want you to pay for it. It's already the lore of getting it for free and staying it within your subscription. Um, just wondering about the TV products. What do they do? But 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 so we can get to the next subject. Just just for anybody who who's not aware, as we spoke to it a little bit. Um, SmackDown is going to Fox as uh, the WWE made a billion dollar deal. Um, Fox basically secured WWE in a deal in which now they claim the broadcasting rights to SmackDown. So that's right. Come um, 2019, SmackDown Live will be moving from the USA Network to Fox, which is a local station, um, which should in- improve view viewership. But what more do we have on this? <laughs> they well they made a mega deal this is like the most ridiculous deal that like i never could imagine they'd get something this big so in a quick you know thumbnail sketch here of what went down in the last two weeks is um nbc which owns usa network where of course everything raw and smackdown currently airs they um decided that they were not interested in retaining SmackDown. They were going to put all their money behind keeping Raw on Monday nights and not losing Raw. So they had the right of first refusal for anybody who was going to bid on either show, and they made it known they're not worrying about SmackDown. So Fox swept in, apparently, and they weren't the only ones, apparently. 
but they made the most attractive offer. Surprisingly enough, though, apparently they did not make the biggest offer. There was a bigger offer on the table, apparently, for SmackDown, rumored to be from either Facebook or Amazon. But they wow. turned it down, and I'm guessing they turned it down because they were like more interested in having network TV and getting on Fox. So the deal is just, um just a quick question to catch yeah to catch you all to and this is directed towards Jamal. Facebook did good with the Mix Max challenge. Amazon basically follows the same pattern that the WWE Network and probably other streaming companies did. If that seems to be their own marketing and business plan. Why would you think they would avoid Amazon, which could have been potentially a more lucrative deal? Well, it depends on what you define as lucrative. What we what we do know is that the Fox Television Network in the U.S. covers ninety eight percent of the viewing audience. They're in the top hundred and seventy five major markets in the country. You can't get that kind of exposure unless you I don't know put it on CBS or ABC or NBC or PBS. Um, Amazon which is what it is, is does not have the exposure on network television uh, that um, that uh, Fox has, period. Okay. Also, uh, Fox has a sports division, uh, whether it's Sky Sports or you know, Eurosport or the other brands that they have around the world. Fox has an international sports division. Uh, people don't realize that Fox is actually based in Australia. And you know that whole thing shifted over to England where they have a massive sports division on Sky and the U.S. also. So we were talking about this, you know, when the news broke about the talks, like I would love to see WWE highlights on Fox Sports 1 or Skip, and, uh, Skip uh, Bayless and Shannon yeah. Sharp talking to Braun Strowman um, on the on the uh, the day before Raw, you know, on, on their show or yeah. whatever the case is. Um, it's the best move for Fox because they need to get out of ESPN shadow and ESPN is hemorrhaging money with a shotgun blast to the chest, and they are oozing money, and they cannot make it fast enough. But um, Fox, on the other hand, needs something that separates them, and they don't have the UFC in a big, big way. So as far as... Oh, go ahead. You you said Fox doesn't have UFC. No, not not in the way that they used to. Yeah, they don't even they don't have it at all now. ESPN oh, yeah. now has UFC in the big way. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Will get back to his point. So, with with that being said, we heard what you say. Vince McMahon approach has been about ratings. Does this mean that there's a shift in the business plan in WWE now that this seems to be all focused towards viewership? I think with the money involved, it's gonna have to be. Um, Fox is gonna pay them. 200 $205 million a year for five years. So do the math. That's just over a billion dollars just for SmackDown. That's all they're getting is SmackDown out of this deal. So crap. the first thing that jumped out to me when I heard that is like, well, you know darn well, if Fox is paying that much for two hours for SmackDown, you know darn well Vince got at least got more than that for Raw out of NBC and USA. So we're talking $2 billion between the two. It's rumored to be between $2.2 and $2.4 billion over the next over the five years starting in October 2019 for just those two shows. So you still got the network. You got all the live event business merchandise. All that other stuff is on top of that. But that by far is their primary revenue stream. Far and away is going to be those two deals. 
Let me ask you this because you have the numbers in front of you. Yeah. Do you do you think? And I was talking to someone on Twitter about this. Do you think that this is actually a big deal as far as the numbers go? I do not. No, and continue your point because you talked to me about this a little bit yesterday. So just just continue with your with your point because you you made a hell of a point about this, and I wanted you to reiterate it again. Okay, so I'm actually looking at the numbers in front of me. The NFL signed a deal back in 2015 for their television contract. How much is that deal worth? That's got to be the crown jewel, I'm sure, of anything. So what, probably like of what? It is. five five billion, ten billion, what, hundred billion? And a quarter. Seven, Seven and a quarter. And, okay. Obviously, right. that's so that's one dollar right. for every person on earth, man, woman, and child, <laughs> gave a dollar to the NFL, they would have a TV deal for the next five years. Right. So the deal is and that's $226 million per team. The 32 teams in NFL times 16 games and you know playoff implications later. Now there are 51 weeks in the year that uh that SmackDown was on the air. And they're only doing $200 million a year for 50 weeks, whereas the NFL is doing, you know, around $200 million per team per season, giving you $7 billion. Right. So the, the, the WWE is on par with the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> they're giving you <laughs> but they're giving you so much more content over the course of a calendar year. The right. NFL season is only 16 weeks plus another four or five for the playoffs. And then it rotate the Super Bowl every every year. So the, when you compare it to that, and the dude I was talking to on Twitter said, well, you can't compare the two. I think that's silly. When you compare it to that because of the amount of content that the WWE generates on a weekly basis. And, and wait, to actually the, a, and, to, and to your point real quick, just as you said that, I mean, you definitely compare it. I mean, this yeah, is absolutely. the business. You always look over to see what someone is getting because you feel like you can be competitive to make that amount. That's like Tom Brady saying, Oh, this rookie got this much in the year. Oh, he's 20 years younger than me. I shouldn't even address well, what, what the dude's argument was. Well, it's not a real sport. It's a television show. Okay, <laughs> fine. But nobody's paying $220 million uh, a year to watch deal or no deal uh, for the entire, <laughs> for entire season. What we do know is, is that the billion-dollar WWE deal for SmackDown, and let's say, let's call it $2.5 billion for SmackDown and Raw. Well, the, the billion-dollar SmackDown deal pales is on par with what the NFL gets. And what that brings, what that means to Fox is they get 3 million viewers a week, guaranteed, unless WWE completely screws himself. But that's, what's, that's, that's worth to Fox on a Friday night, or on a Tuesday night, or whatever they want to do. Yeah, they can so, either gamble with with lethal weapon, or they can bankroll three million people every every week with WWE program every single week of the year. Now, if you want to say who wins on this deal, I gotta go with I gotta say it's a tie. But I'm gonna give the edge to Fox because they what? have they get a year's worth of content and a and a, and a built in viewer base. So that's so, a steal. So Fox did. They Fox ultimately did lose the UFC deal, and I got the numbers in front of me for this. So ESPN is to broadcast 30 UFC events per year doing a five-year deal. And the five-year deal, uh, the entire package will cost $1.5 billion uh, over the length of five years. Um, along WWE with, beat them. <laughs> yeah, along with the 30 UFC fight night events. 
um, including 10 main cards. Um, they'll also get 20 streams on ESPN Plus. Also, you would get uh, preliminary bouts for 12 of the events. So, um, so about half of the so uh, as far as um, uh, put it this way, a USC pay per view sort of say will be about two hours. Um, but half of those will be in this an extended uh maybe extra two hours uh with preliminary about so uh four hours for some two hours for two um if we're trying to compare here but yeah so in other words then like like you said wwe came up about this deal yeah it seems to be fair market value because if we're talking like you know 220 million dollars per team for the nfl and then we got 1.5 billion dollars times 60 uh, divided by 60 events which comes around to be like $280 million per show. And yeah. then, you know, WWE is doing around $200 million per show. I'm not hearing this overwhelming, you know, number that WWE is like, oh my God, why would they do that deal? That seems to be the going rate for a long-term product like that. Yeah, and and I, you know, I, I think the main point the- is is pro wrestling getting this kind of money is the kind of the lead story. Because pro wrestling's just never had this kind of money thrown at it by a network before. Yeah, <clears throat> that that is true, um, and I think that that does that in and of itself takes it to a different level. But that was because NBC wasn't never fully committed to back WWE as a brand. If you look at in, if you look at um, NBC's coverage of hockey versus NBC's coverage of, of wrestling. Hockey spread out over all of their networks. Oh, you know, they have more. You can do it on the app. They have different teams and everything like that. You really don't know that NBC um, has, or Comcast rather, not NBC, but Comcast is actually uh, on the books for uh, Raw and SmackDown and um, uh, WWE in Spanish on uh, Universal. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that too in a second. I feel like I forget which one of y'all was telling me this about initially who was I know you, I know you brought up Hulu earlier. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm getting my thoughts all confused. Um, I think I read this earlier. Maybe someone else might have said something about this, about Comcast potentially being um, can potentially alter this deal or, or 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 cause some type of havoc in it or something. Did anybody hear any, anything of that sort? I haven't uh, heard anything like that because the big the big thing from what I heard is because NBC all along had the, had the ability to uh, they had the right of first refusal. So any okay. offer that came from the outside, they could match it okay. in the contract, and that's why they put the word out that hey, we're not worrying about SmackDown. SmackDown yeah. can go out, but we are putting all our resources into keeping Raw. Okay, that's um, how, I, how I've heard it. What do you? Yeah. Ultimately, because Hulu didn't get the deal, do you think this ultimately hurts? Um, do you, how do you think they respond to it? Not getting the deal, but also still streaming their content on them. Do you think that they altered that as well, or do you think that deal just stays in place with the next day streaming of uh, of of the uh, shows? Um, I think that's a separate deal, um, and but that could obviously come into play because you know Fox has the Fox Sports Go app. Yeah. Um. And we and when we say WWE on Fox, I don't know specifically if that just means your local Fox television station. Does that mean that they have the rights to all throughout all of their Fox networks, the Fox Sports app, um, mm-hmm. and and everything like that? Is this even a Fox Sports property? 
or is this on par with MasterChef? Uh, <laughs> we don't know where in the Fox ecosystem WWE um, you know, falls. I so, would hope that I see Kurt Menefee and, and Renee Young on the, on the WWE pregame show. So yeah, I, I absolutely did hear that as far as like how the decision was made and how they got Fox was obviously that the people at Fox were like, look, we're going to put you on network TV. We're not going to put you on FS1. We're going to put you on network TV. And that the other thing they pushed them on that, that, that got Vince's attention was that by moving them to Friday nights, the big tie would be that starting next fall. They have Thursday night football on Fox and that they can promote them the night before on Thursday night football rolling right into Friday the next night. So they're going to be tied tied in with Fox Sports in some capacity. So, okay. So two other questions I want to throw to y'all. Um, when the CW ended up um, backing out of the deal with Hulu, they lost all that lost their, lost all their content that opened up the doors for other people to make uh, content uh, to, to, to make a deal with Hulu. So if the WWE potentially does move from Hulu, and I wonder if they end up putting their next day streaming on a network, which would be the ultimate plus for me, um, in my <laughs> eyes, and come up with different tiers that they, as they talked about, um, rumor uh, for the network. Um, do you think that because the third person, the, the third um, seat at the table here is boxing. Boxing does have a premier boxing championship, which is on Fox. Um, they're looking at the money that just went to UFC. They're looking at the money that just went to WWE. Do you think that they make it a little bit ambitious and decide to uh, venture out for some of these other deals that's been left on the table, potentially Hulu and so on? Uh, I view Hulu, Amazon, and all of those Crackle and all those streaming apps, uh, like much like satellite radio, it exists. It exists mm -hmm. for the people that allow it to exist. And mm -hmm. if you want to go out there and have that product, then have that. Okay. But there's no mistake about it that when Howard Stern left his 140 uh, terrestrial radio stations and went to satellite radio, he may have gained creative freedom as in an uncensored network, but he lost an ass load of listeners. Okay. There's no bringing that back because why would I pay for what's what what was once free a dime why would i why would i pay for that and that's what a lot of people said and then you know the diehards went on and the rest did not okay. um so whether hulu or amazon or you know whatever it is uh decides to keep wwe whether wwe which they should do and this is why they created the network um they rebroadcast their product uh sooner than later uh, whether who has the rights to that because it's a distribution deal now with Fox and with NBC or Comcast, you know, that may be something that those networks would balk at. But I say go back to this, though. When you look at the way NBC uh, distributes WWE television, it's live or in Spanish. Yeah. Or it's <laughs> delayed on Universal HD. <laughs> They don't really fit into the mold that NBC does, especially when you compare it to Sunday Night Football or um, their big TV shows, Chicago Fire or This Is Us, and hockey. Yeah. I I have to say, that, and then we'll switch this topic, that um, I was out the country um, later last week, um, earlier this week, and um, with not having much access to any English channels, I, I still can watch sports, and I was watching a, a ton of soccer, and it was completely fascinating 
to see how WWE is promoted in different countries. You had a full blown commercial about, um, you know, the superstars. It wasn't just like a quick tidbit. I mean, it was a full blown commercial about storylines and so on. Um, and then they had um, an analyst, I guess you could say, of, of some sort. And she promoted the show, and um, it just ultimately feel like what Jamal's been talking about for years. What he wants to see, as far as having someone, a person, a, a person of a statue or analyst of some sort, being able to get you um, excited, or you know, or or to break down what's happening before the show goes on, and to see how it's promoting in other countries. And it was on Fox at that too out there, which was the other thing. So like, it was good quality prom- uh, commercials, like. Granted, the USA Network commercials just always feel so lackluster to me. Like they could have just did without it, sort of say. Like half the time, while I'm not even excited about any of their other shows because it just seems to be without effort. But like you know, you have the Fox backing of it, and and just you know the promotional package that they brought with it. When the deal ultimately was announced that it happened, I was just so much more excited, and to be able to have whoever that was before, but be be, be replaced by Renee Young who's in there for a segment, you know, between a, a commercial or between the show comes on to talk about it, like how they do now, um, with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, Stephen A and other and, and so on before the show comes on. I'm, I'm very, very excited for it. Um, and I, I, I think like the sky's the limit now that the, the viewers are going to all be invested. And like you said, you got the full backing from a Monday night foot, uh, excuse me, Thursday night football. I mean, it's it's going to be a, an amazing time. And I think the whole like spectacle is going to be on another level next year. Um, I don't remember if they did it this year because I don't remember watching it. But when the WWE draft was happening in 2017, they did the um, the live draft on Raw. Yeah, and they did. Uh, they had a show, a three hour long show on WWE Network called Draft yeah. Center Live. Yeah, they didn't do it. And, yeah, that was awesome. Okay, that was awesome. And right. I was and so just it's a very simple, and it was just Renee Young and who who's it? Uh, you Booker, know, back, big Booker T maybe Booker T yeah, and Peter Rosenberg. Yeah. Um, and they just had them backstage, you know, in real time going over the draft. Yeah. And that's what it was. Um, and I don't, if you've ever seen a football game, uh, on Sky Sports in in London or in England, they have they don't have commercials. Yeah. Uh, so what they do is they cut to the studio, and then mm-hmm. they'll have like right, some right. former um, football players that are British or, right. or whatever, um, and they'll talk about this last play or maybe go over what they need the mm-hmm. team needs to do go ahead and into this break and break down some things instead of just cutting to commercials and selling charcoal. Yeah. So I absolutely love that too. That's a hell of a point. Was, right. I thought that was just a great thing. Um, I've always thought the WWE Network could and should be a second screen experience, especially since WWE, because they have the wherewithal to do so, is based on their live uh, performances. And if you're able to watch on Raw and have the network on your phone and say, and it can, they can you know, have that second screen experience, nobody does that. No yeah. one does that. And I think WWE still has some room to grow and and build um, a more interactive experience because that's what they say they want to do all the time. Yeah. Instead of hashtag money in the bank, you know, <laughs> produce some content yeah. for a second screen experience. And I think that's where television is going yeah. because we already live tweet and stuff like that. So just make a show out of it, mm-hmm. which Red Zone is kind of done-ish. 
But since mm -hmm. WWE is only one product at a time, it would be interesting to see if Fox actually brings that to the table with their Fox, you know, uh, sports suite of packages. And lastly, and we can move on. Um, I definitely need to see Braun Strowman as a Fox robot. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, that definitely came up. The boy at Nova Pro did immediately say that they got to book a match between Braun and Cletus the robot. <laughs> gotta have, that's a WrestleMania main event for for March 2020. <laughs> I, I would I would get a ticket for that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited. Nonetheless, that's that's my thoughts on that. Um, so someone else joined, and in the midst of that, so you know, um, I announced earlier people would be joining a little bit later. Uh, are you here, sir? <laughs> yes, sir. Silly sellers in the building. I'm just moving around. I'm gonna put my picture on soon. But one thing I do want to add to the to the TV deal that I know you guys mentioned already. Well, two key points. Um, one, what is it going to mean for the type of content that's going to be on this new SmackDown? Are we going to move back to the TV 14 age? And forgive me if you already said this before. If you're going to move back oh. to the TV 14 age, where we were talking about the Attitude Era, is this something that can transcend what SmackDown used to be when it first originally came out? Uh, to me, I think after about the first two years of SmackDown, when it first came out, it kind of went down because it was looked at as the second brother instead of the same level type brother um, when it comes to WWE pairing those shows up. Because it's been moved around a lot, it's moved days, and of course, I understand for, for Raw, that's going to be your main horse. You want to put all your investment in that. But if you're going to be FS1, are you going to make sure you try to push this to be more adult-themed content? Is it going to be live? I mean, what are you trying to do to put all this money and resource in the wrestling program, but you don't have the whole package? You have technically the B-Show. What are you going to do to promote that to be number one? And secondly... What is it going to be for TV? Now, let's think back to the, about the mid-90s or early 90s when we were all younger. So basketball moved from ABC, I mean, excuse me, NBC to ESPN. And also at a certain time, NBC lost football when it went to CBS. And now we've just seen this past year, Thursday Night Football has moved from CBS and NBC to Fox. And when you think about the presentation that Fox does, it's a better viewing product as far as the commentators, the how the graphics are on the TV, it's a more engaging experience. So are you going to use that for WWE to transcend of how you're going to set up the XFL when it comes in? And is this going to be a force of what the XFL is going to do when you bring this type of football content back to TV? So is it going to be engaging where you have a Joe Buck-like person start oh, announcing these XFL, you know, <laughs> programming? So it's just, it's just interesting, to see, interesting to see how this is going to be moved. Um, but you guys hit a lot of key points already, so I don't want to go over that. I just want to add those points as well. It, it will be on Fox and not FS1, but the XFL idea is intriguing. That is supposed to return 2020, and <laughs> I forget I what, what's the other what's the other league that's supposed to be happening that already has a TV deal? Oh, yeah, uh, uh, God, what's it called? Um. But the, the the darn cut the darn the, the the kid that did the darn documentary yeah yeah he's behind that whole thing and I think they're involved with a uh, CBS they're so, gonna be in on mm. they're gonna be on CBS that whole deal there I, mean, I I assumed part of the whole deal would go into Fox immediately I was like you know darn well Vince is sitting there and like nudging people in the side as he's making this deal about and hey you can you can get some XFL for your deal too <laughs> <laughs> you know he's thinking that. FS1 needs content. <laughs> that's that's the only place that that's going. It's just it's just 
their whole marketing has to be changed considering that they wanted to compete with the NFL, which you, you're not going to compete with a giant such. If they're treated more like a developmental league or another starting place or uh, at a place after retired people or people who still have it, the Terrell Owens of the league can go to, that could be intriguing. I mean, look at the big well, three, what it's doing for the basketball. And NBA yeah, the big three has players. been good, been renewed. Um, It was funded by Ice Cube. So, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot more money involved here with Vince. If you took that recipe, that may that may be intriguing. And FS1 is absolutely the the right stumping grounds for such for such. But I have to think that within this first year of SmackDown, that there has to be some thought about that as well. Well, I, I think as far as the content, what we do know about how television is done, uh, the Safe Harbor Hour, I believe, is 10 p.m. So I wouldn't expect anything too crazy. Nine. nine. That's nine. Yeah, it's nine. Okay. So, and, but and, I, and to be honest, too, it's kind of still it's it's really eight because uh, Empire comes on at eight o'clock on um on Fox, and that completely is a complete shift of how basic television is as far as what they're presenting and, and language and everything. So it, it could be eight, but I know for sure it's nine. Um, uh, well, still, I, I don't think that we would expect anything too crazy. Um, well, at least until nine o'clock. Um, yeah. WWE has been on network television before, if you count UPN as a network. But I, I think that with their current product uh, of the, the PG, PG plus, you know, PG twelve or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, you know, I don't think that that's as much of a problem as it is integrating and, and shifting over to the um, Fox family. But bottom line is, it's a win on both parts. Yeah. Fox, you know, two and a half million people average SmackDown a week, for better or worse. Um, and that's guaranteed viewership for Fox. Um, more people have an opportunity to watch the product. I do not pay for cable. So I am definitely excited for uh, for me and the others that have cut the cord around the country to come over and have that. Um, yeah. You know, so that's that's a huge deal as well. Um, also, if it's you know 8 p.m. and live around the country, then that's a that's a lead-in for their television stations for their news program um, because you're more like because uh, shows with good ratings, uh, the shows behind them do better. Um, so it's very important for their local news, which comes on immediately after wrestling. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a big deal for everyone involved, and you know there anytime that you can get more eyes on your product and pay a comparable rate for what uh, the football and, and the other major sports are playing, if not less than that on a per show basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody has a reason to, to you know, pat themselves on the back a little bit. So good for Vince and the boys for getting it done. You know, good for Fox for not completely just like, you know, low, uh, low ball them and saying, well, you're not real sport and we should have kept UFC. But I think <laughs> it's a win for everybody, including yeah. the fans, because yeah. WWE on Fox, based on their sports presentation, sounds like a sexier product than Suits preceding Monday Night Raw. <laughs> that is entirely true. Or Miz and Mrs. <laughs> Don't forget that. Uh, or Grizzlies knows. Grizzlies knows best. I will I'm say never- this. I will say this: If USA Network decides to, to change their modeling scheme to become more of a family-friendly reality show, I mean, they may breed success there. But as far as like having suits and and SCI and then SmackDown and Raw, I mean the <laughs> flow doesn't even sound right there, you know. And right. before Raw and whatever comes on, 
it's just like, what is this? I don't even what was that modern family? Like I, I have right to watch now. that before the before it comes on. I would <laughs> yeah, love again running right now. It's not Renee, like, right, uh, like reruns, right? <laughs> Renee oh, impromptu storyline talking before it comes on for fifteen minutes within a network. I mean, give it to me all all day, any day. And I'm pretty sure with her having uh, talking smack cancel. I mean, you have to think that she's uber excited considering the possibilities here and looking at like I said, what's happening. Um, in, in, in foreign countries in their presentations that the opportunity may now exist for her here. So um, anyway, let's let's talk about the UK Championship um, tournament. It's returning for a second year. The first round matches have been announced. The bracket, however, has not been announced. But the UK Championship, for anybody who is not aware, um, will be scheduled for June 18th and 19th. Uh, it will be in um, London. Uh, it'll be in... Um, it being uh, the Royal Albert Hall in London. Yeah, the Royal Albert Hall, right? Um, basically, it's going to be a two-day event. If I'm not mistaken, it's going to be a one-day tournament. I'm sorry, it's going to be a two-day tournament with the, the um, winner of the uh, of the tournament to face Pete Dunn on day two for the championship. Uh, some of the people who's been announced is Jack Gallagher, Drew Gulak, um, um, James Drake, Joseph Connors. Uh, Travis Banks, who people may have seen um, at, uh, at 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 the Access shows during uh, WrestleMania weekend, Tyson T-Bone, Jordan Devlin, um, and some other people as well too. Um, if you guys have had Uh-oh. a chance to look over, you uh, are familiar with, and or I'm um, just thoughts about the first round period or expectations for this tournament because. Not just this tournament is a big thing. I'm happy that it's been renewed for the second year. The first year was absolutely uh, astonishing. Had a great time watching it. But they're doing it again. Um, big names are here. Names from other promotions are here. Just just want to know what your thoughts is about this. And and um, and this is a complete freestyle. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just take this however it is. So, so uh, let's get some thoughts. I think it's a great event. That And I think it's great that they have the type of wrestlers that they have in there. I understand they want to make this an annual event. But I'm not a fan of it this year. And the reason why is I felt the UK belt, maybe just in my perspective, was not promoted the way it should have been as its own brand. Um, um, it, it wasn't promoted as, as it was promised, <laughs> should, right. should we say. <laughs> right. I mean, because if you have the WWE Network, this is, this is purely, you know, what Jamal been saying about using content, that if you maybe have just one set of cameras or producers that you can use to set in England, and maybe this could be a, a Saturday evening show. It doesn't even have to be live. It could be recorded just like NXT is. Where you can make sure the UK belt is relevant throughout the year. And to me, it doesn't matter who becomes the winner of this championship or Pete Dunne retains. What are you going to do with it afterwards? Um, yes, we're going to have great wrestling. Yes, there's going to be great matches. Yes, it's going to be exciting for the two days. But what's the point? What are you going to do to build after? What are you going to do to build this UK belt? Um, because you can throw out any new belts, a new belt design. If you're not going to build storylines with this belt and make this belt meaningful, in which I will always come back to it, you, build, you go to these type of sporting events, entertainment events for the championship. And if your championship is not being glorified or it's not being important, then what's the point? I got plenty of, I got plenty of feedback on this. First of all, what <laughs> belt is important right now? 
That's and, that's the problem with WWE. And, or what what belt title picture is relevant right now? As the IC <laughs> is the only one in my eyes. So belt relevancy is not the focus at all. Um, that's a problem for me. But, um, but at least those other belts are actually around. You know, they, they've done a better job recently of the UK title being around and part of a uh, NXT. But the big problem last year was what they ran that tournament in January and crowned Tyler Bate as champ. And then they had that really big match almost one year ago in Chicago with Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne when Pete Dunne won the belt. And as like Pete Dunne won that belt and then we didn't see him again like all summer. He like fell yeah. off the face of the planet. And it was like that's when the realization hit that like they have no plans for this thing. They didn't know what the heck. They, they, they launched that division and that belt and like as a reaction to – uh itv over in the uk starting up a wrestling show and then they had no follow-through plans for it past that and once itv didn't keep pranking out shows they're like uh okay no big deal we don't need to worry about that right now and so like i said pete dunn disappeared like all last summer while he right after he won the belt and then it seems like in the fall then finally he came back around and now at least the uk guys are on nxt in the regular mix but it's still a very i would say minimal presence and if they want this to be something it's got to be something more than that i i think that the that the audible of not making a live show as much as i hated it was a smart thing because if you look at 205 live which was the the product child of the cruiserweight classic well if you think about that a year ago it was pretty damn trashy so if you think about that they were trying to do a live show in england weekly with something that they may have some reserves considering that the American show with better, maybe better known names wasn't doing good. It was like, ah, right, we need to go back to the drawing boards here with that. Now, I think that the result from the championship tournament last year um, was sort of like the formula for Guardians of the Galaxy where, you, where Disney and Marvel said, we're going to give you guys four or five characters you may not know, and we're going to com put complete trust behind them so that at the end of the day, these guys are marketable, you can relate to them, and now you're familiar with them. They did the same thing at the UK Championship where they took a handful of talent that maybe uh, uncasual fans wouldn't know unless you are watching Progress or, um, or uh, Insane Championship Wrestling that you don't know these people to the point that Pete Dunn was a household name after that Tyler Bay mustache mountain. Like that was the thing. So it was, it did what it needed to do. We're putting on a display of people to now that you are familiar with them. Jordan Devlin, we have not seen since last year, <laughs> but we all know who that is. And to the point that I was even to recognize him walking down Bourbon street, like, oh, I know that guy, but when that, when's the last time I seen him wrestle? Not even on the indies as well as as well. But the biggest thing about the belt here is that I think the belt was part of the new formula of contrast that is now, which we can talk about in a second, where it's just like, well, this belt is going to travel around with you. It's going to become relevant because you're keep you're keeping it active on the indies when you go back to England to work progress shows or you're getting booked for American shows that we are proven. So we're giving you this contract with WWE when you have our to report when needed, but you are able to work approved shows so that everyone is familiar with that to the point that if a person who wasn't familiar with it, with you in this territory 
can't familiarize that you are you do possess a WWE championship belt. And I think that if they continue to administer contracts such as uh such such as that, which they're doing with Cassius Uno, Jack Gallagher, and um someone else worked another show. I think I, I think uh Cedric Alexander also worked uh an approved indie show last year of some sort. Um it's just the new scheme of things. And I think this is all behind Triple H's mastermind. And, and and then, you know, there's other things to talk about as well, too. But I give Jamal a chance to add something here on this. Uh, let me say this. Uh, the expectations of uh, 205 Live based on the merits of the Cruiserweight Tournament are exactly the same principle as the UK Championship based on the merits of the UK Tournament. We were told one thing. We got something completely different. And people are pissed that we didn't get what we expected. That's just what it was at the time. Uh, to be fair, I'll, and I'll give the uh, devil his due, that's the greatest thing uh, show that I've ever heard Michael Cole call was the UK tournament. You did say so, that. You did say that. Yep. Because um, <laughs> he knew that he didn't know what the hell he was doing. But you know what he did? He let Nigel McGuinness do the heavy lifting and, it, and all was right with the world. <laughs> I love that you're consistent because you damn sure said that before. <laughs> but as far as the um uh as far as the you know the UK tournament and what they were doing, and I don't think it has less to do with world of sport, but it had to do with more with the fact that they completely bungled the experiment that was 205 Live. Yeah. You know, if 205 Live was presented in the manner of what the excitement of the 205 um the tournament was it would it would be on it would be on right now and it wouldn't just be up to neville to save it or enzo to change the direction of it or whatever the case is after a year they finally got back on track to create stories around the characters that we saw in the cruiserweight tournament instead they gave us raw with with smaller guys that's not what we expected when we saw cedric alexander versus koto abushi so uh, you know, with the UK tournament, you know, you do have a lot of guys, and you know, Gulak's in the tournament for some reason. But I do want to see Joe Coffey. I want to see Travis Bank. Legaro's in it. Jesus yeah. Christ, that's going to be nuts. Uh, you know, I, so this is going to be great. And much like the May Young Classic, uh, you know, the um, the UK tournament is going to be fine. It's going to be a hell of a show. But are we expected to take it as a singular event? Or are we expected to take it as an event that builds towards something else throughout the next, you know, uh, whatever it, they want it to be? The word the is showcase here. Right. So the question that I do have is that they are at the Royal Albert Hall in London. That is not where they have Raw and SmackDown. They have Raw and SmackDown at the O2, which yep. is a 20,000 seat, uh, you know, football, basketball uh, arena. Mm -hmm. Is that cause for concern? that they're having the uh, UK tournament in a bigger space than last year, but honestly, a space that only holds maybe 5,000 people. You know, when you think of the, you know, the prestige of wrestling in England and the fact that it, Progress is running a show at Wembley Stadium uh, and they've run shows at the SSE in Birmingham and stuff like that, you know, and WWE, you know, sells out a, a way smaller venue than what they use for Raw and SmackDown is that telling of what the WWE thinks of rest their uh, brand of wrestling in the UK? I think mm. a lot of that may I be 
an, an aesthetic choice that they like that different presentation that they did last year with like the, the, the nice looking building that doesn't look like a typical, you know, American style arena. I mean, I think if they ran it in a bigger building, they could have obviously have sold the tickets. But I think they're consciously trying to do a different presentation with this, at least the tournament itself, which I mm -hmm. which I dig personally. Because I mean, all, all those shows eventually, I mean, they all start looking the same. Yeah, so I like sure, they do. They put they a different twist on it. <laughs> right. And I think I think too. I mean, look, the catering to. I hate to say it, but like the full sale crowd, which the May Young Classic right. may originally right. go back to again, uh, which I'm definitely trying to go. I'm, I'm hearing it's supposed to be in August, but I'm definitely trying to go to that. But I mean, I, I don't think it's so much about crowd here. This is a showcase, and it's just a, a, a matter of instating people that some of the American people may not know. So I don't think they're looking to make their biggest dollar here. I think they're just trying to um, take it for what it's worth to just get um, familiar names out there and um just my last two thoughts on this too i mean part of this deal uh, a part of all this happening is that this isn't just about this tournament itself i mean there's rumors now that uh, uh wwe may be trying to reach an agreement with uh progress and um uh icw to show their content on the wwe network which is a huge thing moving forward because if they're going to do that in the uk I can only imagine Evolve being next. And that's, I mean, for my $9.99, and even if they wanted to up it to $12.99, I'll take that all day, every day. And well, then, let, me, let me ask you this. Um, uh, we heard the rumors when Evolve and when we heard the rumors of, of the UK tournament, when we saw the guys from Progress and the guys from ICW in the building. And they were like, oh, well, this is obviously a thing that's happening. That's kind of crazy. And now they're pretty serious about putting, um, you know, indie promotions that have a working relationship with WWE on the network. Would you pay more for that? And I don't know if you guys got the email about the, uh, well, what do you think of the network? Would you pay more or less for things? What if we did a Netflix deal if it was WWE Network Plus or Premium or Platinum or whatever? But there isn't a lot of live content on WWE Network. Mm -hmm. There is a great library. Mm -hmm. um, which is fine, but as much as I love, you know, stuff and things, I only remember a few matches. I don't necessarily need to sit down and watch, you know, Sold Out from 2001 <laughs> or, you know, November 2, Remember from 99. I'm not going to sit down and watch a four-hour long pay-per-view. But if I want to see the Hardys Boys versus Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys from WrestleMania 2000, then I think I got 20 minutes for that. Right. Would you pay, because it's all about the live content, an extra five bucks to see ICW live yep. or Progress live or Evolve, you know, 104, uh, Shimmer and Shine and, and those guys, WWN live. Now, you don't even have to ask that question. You, you got people paying $9.99 for the uh, fight which, app or which, whatever, it, whatever it is. So t instead of paying 10 and 10 for 15 for both, I mean, it's a deal. Yeah. To steal. And it's high quality. It's, it's high quality content yeah. and not only just that you also are getting wwe guys working those promotions and vice versa yeah because regal regal shows up and evolve yeah it's you it's know? a it, this is this is a this is a deal that's happening like this is a rumor right now we can guarantee that by somewhere the matter of fact the conclusion of this tournament i guarantee that it's good that's going to be stamped and evolves going to be right around the corner and so not, then now what though not even just that 
on WWE articles, they're also linking um to Evolve's WWE uh network uh website. Oh, they are name dropping Gabe Sapolsky on WWE.com. Yeah, he yeah, he, he was supposed to have a deal with them, but like they're linking to their website. I mean, this is uncharted territory for WWE. They're like, if you want to watch Evolve, click this link for tickets. Like but. that, it's, this is happening, and I'm excited. And and then to my point earlier too, there's been rumors that plenty of UK people have signed contracts, and Tony Storm being one of the biggest names out of it, who's also got one of those type of Pete Dunne deals right now, where she has to report when needed, but can work approved shows. So she still gets to try. I think she's only like 21, 22. So she has the complete luxury of still going around the world instead of being, um, instead of keeping stationary in the Orlando area, working this triangle of NXT shows. I mean, it's the complete freedom you want, where you know you have a secure contract on your back, but you're also already to still get around the world from Australia, but you're working stardom and you're working progress still which she's dropped the belt which i'm not sure if you are aware of so that almost definitely confirms the fact that she must be reported to wwe very soon so i think this is just a recipe for things to come with uh uk talent and also too i mean come on neville's somewhere sitting at home <laughs> i'm very surprised that he's not not in this tournament well let me ask you this and i think it, we can circle oh, back Walter. to the beginning oh Walter. right but we, we can circle it back to the beginning. Is this too much of a good thing? Here we are, genuinely excited at the prospect of more wrestling. But then we open the show with, oh, shit, pay-per-view is going to be four hours long now. Right. And, that, and that's the point I was going to come to because even though the price is good, will you really maximize your time on the value that you're paying that you will see that much wrestling and that you know, part of your week. Cause I mean, we granted, we have other parts of our lives, you know, that goes to other things and your things, but would, would you really value or maximize your time with more live content? Like, would you have to sacrifice five out of seven days to see just different events? If they were all advertised during that one week, I'm not getting, I also opened up the show saying that I was not interested in seeing the bludgeon brothers type of matches. <laughs> we're talking about progress here. Who, who puts up good quality show, which on top of that, if they had to, put together a high quality show for attention or promotion towards their brand on the WWE network. That's a showcase in its own. They're not going to give you no subpar matches. They're always going to try to bring you that game. And then you know what Evolve does continuously puts on high quality, high profile matches and stuff. So, I mean, this is, this is, this is, this won't be like throwaways, like backlash and fast lane that you're paying for. This is going to be, Evolve number whatever or 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 progress whatever it's going to be good quality stuff. So would I pay again? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I will definitely be more interested in watching some progress or some evolve or some ICW any of those over say the second hour of WWE Backlash or hour three of you know where they got like a random women's match thrown on mm-hmm. there. I mean, you know, the, on those four-hour shows, there's going to be filler. And that's the kind of stuff where it's like, I can skip that. I, you know, yeah. give me the highlights. Give me the highlights, and I'll be much more interested in watching the UK tournament over, you know. Yeah. Okay, here's a two random, you know, here's a tag team match with uh, the uh, fashion police <laughs> against um, the Revival, but they're only going to get like five minutes. You know, yeah. It's like, Wait, so, you, you know. so you're telling me that you don't, you don't really don't want to see that six man tag between Dana Brooke and uh, Titus and yeah, uh, there you yeah. go. Keep, yeah, bones? exactly. 
Exactly. And by the way, too, the by the way, too, Ricochet and Valveteen being on this car for the UK Championship, I'm sorry. I'm not by all means pleased with that. I mean, if this is a UK display or showcase, as I'm saying, there's no reason that they couldn't pull Alistair Black. Well, he's on the car, but again, Neville is sitting on your bench right now. And there's still I other mean, Neville is on the bench, but what part of England is Alistair Black from? Well, he was in the tournament last year, and he's from. He he's, he's on. From uh, he had a match. He wasn't in the tournament. He has had, I mean, a, he had a match. match on it. Yeah. Right. So, like, the first day he, is going to be the tournament, and the second day is going to be um, a bunch of uh, matches in the tournament final. Yeah. Okay. And either way, I mean, there's still other people potentially that they could have did here. Um, that that has um within that geographical area. I mean. Should give that give Becky Lynch a match on it for God's sake. So or or Finn Balor, who's who's healthy now because he wasn't healthy last year. So you know you talk about the people that wish they had an opportunity to, to be in it. Drew McIntyre, give that guy a match. You know what I mean? I mean, so, I, I want to see Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream at the UK tournament. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> Anywho, all right. Well, that's it for the topics, real quick. Um, yeah, we carried on a little bit long because it was just so much stuff we had to get out there real quick. What we, I mean, what do we have in rumors right now? As a matter of fact, I'll just drop. I'll drop two things. CM Punk, he he uh, sold out his signing. He's going to extend longer to to have more time with the fans. This is for the All In Weekend thing. Um, they said his signing sold out within minutes. So, um, um, again, he's he's doing a terrible thing and staying longer past four p.m. Um, to try to meet as many fans as he can. So this is his first wrestling related event since what since he left WWE. So um yeah, my only thoughts on this is that UFC has something to do with this. I know that sounds batshit crazy, but I mean he, he, he is he is literally their only like cash cow right now. The fact that he hasn't even won a fight, but he's being marketed as one of their top guys for that uh that UFC uh Chicago thing. So Dana White Clearly, he's not letting his guy go make money if he don't have something to do with it. He would not be wrestling. Let's get this completely out of there. He will come in for some type of save or something. But other than that, we're not going to get nothing big from the guy. But he did sell out. A lot of people are excited to meet him. Um, but um, I don't expect much more out of that. Um, and what else? Uh, Enzo More has came from out of the woodworks. He's going to make an announcement in Times Square. And if I'm not mistaken, that should be this Friday, I think it is. He's going to drop um, a single. He's going to drop his newest track. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean come on now. I just, I just cannot get with this guy. This guy is going to make an announcement in Times Square as if he just be like – like a grand jury case, like he's like T.I. or something like really well, big. Technically, he kind of almost did. Well, he kind of did, though, actually. I mean, he, he <laughs> kind of didn't go to trial. So um, he got he got Ruben Foster. That's what happened. He kind of didn't go to trial. So there's no reason for him to be in Times Square to make an announcement. Can't, can't wait to see how that turnout is going to be. I really can't. I um, hope he announces that he's coming to the Commonwealth Cup on June 9th. <laughs> He, he looks like he's getting ready to start a, clo- a clothing line, so that's that's oh, that's good. his next venture. Um, good luck, um, Ronda Rousey. She will be facing Nia Jack for the money at Money in the Bank for the Women's Championship. We'll My only it. thoughts here is that this is all about uh, money and ratings and or the her original contract anyway. 
Um, I know people are butthurt about her stepping up to the front of the line, but I mean, I'm not going to elaborate on it as much. This is a money decision here. And immediately when this was announced, I saw the ticker on the bottom of ESPN say Ronda Rousey is to challenge. For <laughs> now, Jack name didn't get name dropped to the very end of this. Ronda <laughs> Rousey is to challenge for the women's WWE championship at Money in the Bank against her opponent, Nia Jack. That's as a breaking news ticker on ESPN. That's what was reported. That's star power right there. That's all this is. That's all this is. hundred percent. And if that wasn't bad enough for Nia Jax, they made everything clear this Monday when, when the Wicked Witch showed up and Stephanie got her fingerprints all over that whole thing. Sure Nia Jackson. Nia Jax ain't getting nothing out of this deal. It's yeah. all about Stephanie. She had a resume all about. Yeah, she got she got her title for a little bit, and yep. she may even still have her bit after this. Because I'm guessing Stephanie. This is all this is all circling around Stephanie now. That's yeah. all it's about. It's her little thing, and well, I mean, let's, let's be honest. One. Stephanie did invent women's wrestling. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. And um, and newsflash: Total Bellas is is, is uh is it's a work. <laughs> Well, oh my God. Just Sorry, like Nikki. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't even have nothing to say about that. Jamal, do you have some real news? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, a little bit. Okay, so uh, in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer, take it for what it's worth, oh uh, Dave God, Meltzer says, NFC TakeOver Chicago has yeah. only sold 7,000 tickets uh, at the uh, Rosemont um, uh, Horizon oh, in, outside okay. of Chicago. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. The Rosemont. People know what it is. Um, so they've only sold seven thousand tickets. Uh, it's a you know seventeen thousand seat building, um, and they're struggling to sell tickets. And obviously, All In is about twenty miles away in a small gym, and they sold out in twenty minutes. It's unfair to compare the two. But when I looked at the card for NXT Takeover, yeah, I, I don't want to fly to Chicago to see that. That's not a card that. Should be worthy of, of takeover. Um, Alistair Black versus uh, Lars Sullivan, uh, Gorgana versus Champa Two, Shayna Baszler uh, versus Nikki Cross, uh, the Undisputed Era worst tag team team ever versus Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch, and Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. Individually, all of those matches will be better than the next WWE pay per view. But realistically, <laughs> that's that card isn't worth a trip to Chicago. Now the question, of course, is. Uh, has NXT, and it's going to get to my next point, which is another rumor, but has NXT jumped the shark? It's in better shape than it was back about in the summer and the fall of last year. For a while there, it was pretty bare bones in NXT. And I, I would say that in the, in the past six months, it's really gotten a, between um, Ricochet showing up and the, the – as bad as their name is, the Undisputed Era, but those guys getting elevated up to, up the card since they debuted, I think it's it's improved. I think it's improved a bunch in the past few months. But I would say a year ago it was a, a lot worse off. Right. I, I can give a damn what the card is. is. It's going to be a great pay per view. I think part oh, of no, the problem is, is just you know people sometimes people leave NXT too early. Um, <laughs> and and I think if people leave an NXT too early, they didn't get a chance to develop where they should. I mean, I, I know it's only an hour show, and for a takeover, it's about two and a half hour show. It's only five matches, and they're always quality matches. 
but it's still a lot of development doesn't get taken and, and people don't get a chance to develop someone they jump them too early. That's why they crash when they come to the main roster because you really have nothing for them. Now you, uh, you, you know what is you know what a goddamn straight face. That is a bold face lie. I mean some of these some of these people are complete veterans, and this has nothing to do with them. <laughs> because as of right now, I mean the transition isn't because of the talent flaw. It's not because of the people were polished enough. It's because the transition process on WWE and isn't seamless. The, the gimmick to be able to captivate the different crowds and kids at that is the issue. It has nothing to do with the fact of like they need to stay longer. Yeah, it works at NXT because of the crowd that it that it pertains to. But WWE has to do a better deal with making sure that these people that are seasoned veterans, 30, 30 years old and older, um, are are put into the right scenario so that it works for them. So are you uh, working NXT, together or is it two different shows? Oh, it's NXT absolutely two is, different shows. Uh, NXT is rugby and the main roster is football. It's close, but it ain't the same thing. And a lot of people <laughs> in NXT get uh, groomed to play rugby. And as soon as they switch over, they got to put on a different helmet and play football, and it's not the same thing. Ask Follow Bailey please. how that went down. Ask Sasha Banks how that went down. Ask, uh, generally, every fuck, ask Bo Dallas how that went down. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, he was like one of the greatest NXT champions ever. The, um, you know, Bludgeon Brothers or whatever they're called now. Not the Bludgeon Brothers, but um, the guys the that aren't Demolition, that I can't think of their names. Oh, Ascension. Ascension. The Ascension. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Uh, and I, and they were they were hot for two straight years as NXT champion tag team champions. The revival. Yo, what happened to the ball villains? <laughs> oh God, who? That's a who. Yeah. Well, who? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Right. So I mean, and you know, so with the ball villains, and you know, we 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 were thinking that these guys were going to be the next, you know, you know, hard Rock and Roll Express or or whoever. We we they were we were putting them in, on the pedestal of great tag teams. And look at all of them now. So NXT exactly. is definitely a learning curve, and, and, and people generally get bit on their way up. And realistically, I'm very concerned for Velveteen Dream when he gets called up. I'm very concerned for uh, Alistair Black when he gets called up. Um, I think Adam Cole will be fine, but I do think that, and, and O'Reilly and those guys, but there's a difference. There's a mold for WWE, and very rarely do they break it. That's yeah, what Kevin Owens work. That's why Kevin Sami Zayn did not. Yeah, but, yeah. And it's that difference of, of course, in NXT, you're working for Paul. You go up top, you're working for the old man, and the <laughs> old man's got totally different ideas on everything. That's mentioned in Velveteen Dream. There, I actually think I've been thinking he's going to do really good on the main roster because I think Vince is going to love the gimmick. I think that's what's going to catch Vince's eye with him is he's going to see his whole presentation and just be enamored by that with all the stuff he can do with like writing skits for Velveteen Dream being all ridiculous. And that just strikes me. That's a Vince gimmick Yo, type of thing. I'm, it'll, be I'm more worried about, it'll be perfect on SmackDown. Yeah. I'm more worried about a guy like Adam Cole and those Undisputed Era guys because those are the type of guys that Vince is going to take a one look at him and be like, who's this little guy? You know? Yeah, I'm sorry, but those, if I those aren't his type of dudes, you know. If I'm in NXT, I'm looking at this like the NFL. 
NFL draft. It, please don't send me to the Browns. I'll even stay in college another year before I let that happen. So if 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 my mindset is to stay in NST until 2020 when he got XFL to worry about, then so be it. Keep me down there. Hold me down. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, the um, are different also. And if you and I would rather play for the Browns because the league minimum is still a million dollars. Fair point. Uh, so, uh, one right. other bit of business. Uh, speaking of uh, Cornette, and I'll get to this really quickly. Jim Cornette said the NXT is hemorrhaging money. He said, "Quote: uh, NXT in 2016 sold seven million tickets and had twenty dollars millions, twenty million dollars in expensive. Uh, and in 2017, NXT say had six million dollars ticket sales and twenty five million dollars in expenses. So either way, he's reported NXT as a loss. I don't know how he knows that, but let's assume that he does. If, even if NXT is actually losing more money that they're making, you know, twofold. Um, and it does kind of show in a little bit of their, their presentation, uh, a lot of NXT has been scaled down. Um, a lot of their uh, their roster has been trimmed um, a bit. And, you know, we had like the, um, uh, the, the kind of the trimming of the fat last year, uh, which sent, um, you know, Kimberly back to the Indies and so on. Is there any validity? whatsoever uh that nxt is actually not as successful as we think it is i think i've always thought financially that it doesn't come anywhere close to making money but it's not intended to right it's an invest it's an investment in the future you know roster of the company and the idea is that eventually you move these people up and then you make your money back on them once they're on the main roster totally um, right. Of course, now obviously with the new TV deal coming, you can afford to have that thing losing a few million dollars when you're making two point five billion, you right. know, on your TV deals. So it's you know it's it's just one small piece of the pie by itself. If you look at it in itself, is it losing money? I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's losing a ton of money. That that performance center and all the people they got down there training that costs a ton of darn money. But it's you know. It's a cost. I look at it as a cost of doing business, and it's an invest. It's a long game. It's an investment in the long term to get make your money back once you bring these people up to the main roster, and hopefully they pay off when they blow up up there. I don't even remember my original point to this, but I do not agree that this is um, losing money. They are running shows in full sale. They are continuously running live shows or recordings in different areas on tour if they wasn't making money they would pull the plug like they did on the 205 live tour they announced it three dates they went to one date because that's when they knew that something was going wrong if they was not making money they can sell out full sale each and every month and continue to do that and that's what only what it was uh merch makes money that's why people have stuff and um, some of these people are still on some of these part-time deals where they're just like, hey, you have a spot to train. We'll call you when we need you. Still work any day. Make your money in that sort. Or maybe we don't even take you to travel. Oh, matter of fact, half these people are doing the drive still. So they're not even getting like plane rides and stuff like that that they have to come out the pockets with. So And they're carpooling at that. I mean, granted, we do see Ricochet and War Machine in a car together. They're some of the top talent in NST doing the drive. Well, when they so, do the loops, they give them a bus. They have a yeah. bus for the loops they take them on. But some of the, you know, again, some of them still got cars and stuff like that. That they, they, you know, whatever it may be. I don't see how this is a money pit. Again, there's not, I don't see how much is going out when they're continuously doing the same revolving thing in this tight, marginalized tour that they do. So, 
whatever. No, or whatever. For that no, it makes sense. Um, the last thing I have is uh, tomorrow night, 9 o'clock on Showtime. Uh, it's 9 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. Uh, if you are a fan of Mauro Ronaldo, you can uh, watch his um, uh, documentary on Showtime. By um, and he did an interview with TVInsider.com, uh, talking about a little bit about the show, his battles with um, uh, in mental health yeah. and his uh, bipolar disorder and his mental health issues, and um, uh, what coming back to the WWE means to him. So it was a a pretty interesting read, uh, regardless of what you think of him as a commentator or, or not. But uh, the documentary does air tomorrow night on Showtime at 9 p.m. The trailer was amazing. Watched it a couple of times. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, that I'm looking, really looking forward to it. Yeah. That yeah, and MLW tomorrow. So. That and MLW tomorrow. So. <laughs> All right. Anyway, closing remarks, because, yeah, we over our time. We over our time, but we had things they had to catch up on. So any closing remarks from any of you guys? Um, Yeah, I think I'm I'm good. Honestly, I haven't watched wrestling in a while, so it's good to uh, talk about it. Maybe I might pick it back up. Um, <laughs> I, know the, I know that feeling, dude. I know that feeling. <laughs> No, I haven't. I mean, I've been I've been traveling. Oh, uh, Smash Rather, Smash Wrestling, Toronto, the Northern, uh, two nights. It's the Bola of of Canada. Uh, be there because Jordan Grace is there, and I'll be there. And also, <laughs> Faye Jackson, if you're watching, uh, thank you. <laughs> Any from you guys? I'm good. Uh, good to be back, even though I came in a little late. Um been too long but real good to catch up and talk wrestling as always simply stated my my man <laughs> you got anything yeah, i'm good too i'm, sorry. Oh. I'm good too over here we're heading into june we're on the road to money in the bank and i don't know just, i'm not sure where this road's gonna take us but I guess we'll see over the next coming weeks. We're still getting the field together. But I think they got a lot of options for uh, coming up in June. And uh, we'll go from there. And, of course, we got the Commonwealth Cup coming up in a few weeks here. So we're going to have some excitement going on at Nova Pro. So lots of exciting things coming up as we're heading into the summertime. The action gets hot in the wrestling business. That's right. Yeah. So I'm um, talking about wrestling hangovers. Uh, that's definitely going to be apparent come next month. But we got a lot of good things coming up. Uh, I'm not going to talk about any of it now because we definitely ran over our usual mark of talking. But we have so much to catch up on, so much good quality material to get out there. So um, we'll wrap this show up and we will catch you guys um, for something soon because I don't even have the dates in front of me. But we got some things coming up. So just stay, stay tuned. Step over to the social medias. Um, or the website and um uh and you'll you'll be up to date. So catch you next time.